friend, welcome to Brilliant Business Moms, a podcast all about helping brilliant women just like you to build a business on the side while spending time with their families. I'm your host, Beth Ann Schwamberger, and we're going to have a great time together. Let's get started. So today on the show, I'm super excited to welcome Lauren Keplinger. She's a fellow military spouse. Woohoo! Although I guess for you, it's not. Okay, so you're Army. So it's because in the Marine Corps, it's Ura. For you guys, it's Hua. Yeah, got it. So Hua <laughs> for Lauren. She's a mom of three kids, ages five, four, and one year old. And she started her Etsy shop, Funky Monkey Children during her husband's deployment to Afghanistan in 2012. And since then, Lauren has grown her shop like crazy. She's built a six-figure business, and she's got over 5,000 sales just on Etsy. So Lauren is going to be just an awesome resource for all of us to learn from. So welcome to the show, Lauren. Thank you. So Lauren, I'd love to just hear more about how Funky Monkey Children came to be. Well, I was pregnant with my second child, and my first child was about six months old. They're really close in age. And I sort of got started sort of as a hobby with a little machine I bought at a yard sale that was just a piece of junk. (laughs) And I just wanted to have something that was for myself. I think as a military spouse, you can probably also this, but there's a lot of your life that is revolves around your husband's job, which is fine. And it's the way that that should be. But I wanted something that was sort of just for me and a challenge for myself and like mental stimulation as I was home with this infant. (laughs) And so that's where I got started. And I started on Etsy and it just sort of grew from there. Awesome. So how long did you stay on Etsy before you decided to also open up your own shop on your own site? Actually, my own site is a pretty recent thing. It's probably been about a year and a half that I've had my own site, but the majority of my sales are still on Etsy. Okay. And that is something I have to say. I get questions about that all the time is, you know, Etsy versus your own site, pros and cons. I'd I'd love to just hear from you. Like, do you feel like having your own site has been worth it or not so much Etsy still, you know, just totally where it's at? I have mixed feelings about it. I really love Etsy for the built-in platform and the traffic that it drives automatically. Mm -hmm. I think that it allows me to add new products that can I can sort of test with people and because they have so much built-in traffic you can see if they're successful or not it's really hard I have found it really hard to drive traffic to my own website and I I do a lot on Instagram that's pretty much where the majority of the traffic comes so the the people that I interact with on Instagram or you know people that I interact with on other Facebook or Um, in person or whatever, I drive to my own website, but it's just, it's been really difficult for me. So when people ask me, would you recommend my own website or Etsy? I I recommend Etsy because of the opportunity that it provides. I think it's really hard to have a sustainable business when you don't have like really a following or anything on your own website. Gotcha. Yeah. And I have to say too, I mean, the main way that I 
drive traffic to my own shop is like paid traffic. <laughs> so yeah, totally. Like in terms of like, just, yay, let's put a shop out there and let's use the right keywords and get fat. Like, yeah, it won't happen. <laughs> I mean, if you build it, they don't necessarily come on the internet. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> okay. So that's really, that's interesting to hear. One question I'm curious about though, because I, I, I know for me, one of the things I like about having my own shop is that then I'm getting those customers as email subscribers. I have the chance to get back in front of them with something new. Do you find that you're able to get repeat customers over on your own shop or maybe that's happening on your Etsy shop too? Yeah, I do. With every package that I send out on Etsy, I include a little postcard that has a a coupon code for my own website. And I would say probably about 90% of the purchases that people make on Etsy for me are gifts that they're sending to someone. So, and a lot of times they're sending it directly to the person. So I sort of see it as an opportunity to have, I've, I already have this one customer that could potentially be a repeat customer, but then now there's also this other person that's receiving the gift who could potentially be a customer in the future. So I'm always trying to drive those people to my website, my own website for subsequent purchases. It works sometimes. It doesn't, you know, I have people that make, that I've sent these postcards over and over with every package and they've made, you know, eight or 10 purchases on the Etsy website. They just keep coming back Aww. to the Etsy website. Okay. <laughs> they could have a coupon on the other website, but you know, so I, I really think it depends. And then I have other people, I do have a newsletter that people can sign up for that's sent out in my little message that Etsy sends when they complete a purchase. So I do have some people that have then signed up for that and moved off of Etsy onto my own website. So it's sort of just a mix. Okay. And you, you mentioned that because your, which I should, I should mention to people that your products are lovely monogrammed items like monogrammed towels, monogrammed blankets, and maybe actually let's, let's dig into that a little bit. Let's tell everyone a little bit more about the products you offer and kind of how you decided to focus on those. Well, I started with baby stuff. I, that was sort of my season of life. And so that's where we went. <laughs> but I actually, it's funny because it's really changed directions from where I originally envisioned it going. I originally kind of thought that I wanted to do really like higher end fancy baby items, like dress clothes for holidays or something. <laughs> and that was not what my customers wanted. I, I always took customer orders on Etsy. And so people would email me and ask me for, you know, different custom things. And so I sort of just allowed that direction to change as I had people more interested in nursery gifts and specifically baby shower gifts. Okay. Gotcha. I love that you just listened to your customers and created what they wanted. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that is being a brilliant business mom right there. <laughs> so I know you mentioned that, you know, your items are, like you said, it, they're baby shower gifts and they're super adorable. And I love the custom factor because it just makes the gift that much more special for the recipient. Are there certain things that you do to kind of make your products really easy to give as gifts or to, you know, to make it easy for someone to choose you over another shop? I think one of the major things that helped my business to really take off was to have a really fast turnaround time. 
because a lot of times people are buying gifts at the last minute. So when I, about up until about six months ago, I would ship things out within two to four, four days. And that, you know, they could customize the colors and the patterns and everything. And then it was still a pretty quick turnaround time. I also did about a year ago implement the rush order upgrade, which gets it shipped even faster for people and it upgrades to priority shipping, which helps so they can have it in their hands within just a few days. So if somebody orders, you know, on a Monday, they could have it for a baby shower that weekend, which there's just an insane amount of people that really shop at the last minute. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, that would be me. I'm looking at this rush order upgrade going like, yes, I would be taking you up on that. And I would be loving the fact that I can get like this customized gift in less than a week. Yeah. Right. And there's a lot of shops on Etsy that the people, shop owners really have a long turnaround time. You know, mm-hmm. it's not uncommon to find four or five weeks yeah. and people just, I don't find, especially for gifts, I think, you know, people think about themselves a little bit further in advance, but for gifts, it's like, oh, this has just snuck up on me and now I need something and here I am. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. I think that is really smart and a great way to set yourself apart and earn that sale because I would, I'm that person. I'd be on Etsy and I'd be going, oh darn, the turnaround time is four weeks. This, you know, not going to work. (laughs) You know what? They should actually, here's a thought, Etsy, you need to have a feature where I can search based on the turnaround time (laughs) for a shop so that I can just, yeah, I can filter out all the shops that I know just aren't going to (laughs) work. Right. Okay. So you've had lots of sales, Lauren, you've grown your business a lot. I would love to hear just some of the main ways that you've grown your Etsy shop and have gotten more sales. Yeah, I think for me, probably when I started with Funky Monkey, I really didn't have, well, I didn't have any business background or really a whole whole lot of knowledge about what I was doing at all. So sort of a lot of trial and error. So I started with buying, you know, bibs at Babies R Us and monogramming a name on it. And I think through the years, I really tried to continue to increase the quality of the products that I was making and Also listen to feedback. I did have some feedback early on from people that would say, you know, this fabric seems kind of thin or this bib is not really the best quality. And while that is really hard to take, especially because I didn't have any background knowledge about it. So it's like, what do you mean this fabric is thin? (laughs) I don't know where I'm supposed to get thicker fabric. But, you know, to to then research that and say, okay, how can I improve this? How can I continue to make this better? And so now I get feedback over and over again that this is such great quality. You know, these burp claws are so thick. These bibs are so soft. And so then I think that that helps to perpetuate the sales because those reviews are there. I also think another thing that has kind of set me apart on Etsy, there's a lot of people that sell on Etsy that are really hobby sellers or they're doing this just for fun and they don't really care if they make any money or have a lot of sales or anything. But for me, it was always, my goal was always to have a sustainable business with this. So I really tried from early on and I think it's gotten better through the years to have really good customer service to work out, you know, issues if people have things that get damaged in the mail or whatever to take care of that and not make it really hard on them. 
Gotcha. Yeah. And I, I definitely see that trend with Etsy sellers too. It's almost like they take it so personally when someone's like not happy or something happens versus like, it sounds like your mentality is more like, well, I'm just going to make it right. And well, it's really hard, you know, in, in the beginning, like every time if I had somebody that wasn't happy with something, or I do remember a customer that ordered the wrong size she ordered a shirt and she ordered the wrong size and I made it in that size but then she was mad because it was <laughs> oh no and it's it's really hard to deal with people when they're upset and especially when you feel like I'm working so hard to do this and I don't I didn't I don't want to spend the time to do it again or I don't want you know to work for free <laughs> yeah and so it's it's really hard to balance that but now I usually if I have something somebody that comes back that has a criticism, I usually wait a day before I respond or anything because sleeping on it for a night and waiting helps me to not really have an emotional response. Like this is not, it's just a business transaction. They bought it. They're not happy or there's something wrong and I can take care of it. And it's not the end of the world. (laughs) It's not a personal criticism. (laughs) Yes. And that is very wise to sleep on it. It is really. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. There are many. uh, Well, I have to say for me, I now do not do my customer service and it's a very, very good thing that I do not because I, so like on the one hand I can be super, like if someone asks for something extra, I'm like, you can have it. Sure. Like I can be very (laughs) giving in that way. But when it's like someone who wants a refund that for a reason that to me feels like they're just you know, cheating the system or whatever. I get super emotional about it. Yeah. So it's like, it's very good that I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a nice thing to outsource. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I see Lauren, like, I mean, your mentality towards customer service is absolutely paying off. I mean, you've got, you've got the five stars going on Etsy with, you know, over 1100 reviews. I mean, that's incredible. So yeah. You're doing awesome. (laughs) Okay. And I did want to circle back in terms of sourcing products because, you know, you're, you're adding the custom piece of, you know, embroidering names and monograms and things like that, but you're, you know, finding high quality towels or high quality bibs to use. So I'd love to hear kind of how you did end up upgrading and, and sourcing the right high quality products? A lot of it, again, was trial and error. Like I have hundreds of dollars of stuff that I've ordered that has just sat in my basement and I said, okay, this is not going to work. But I did also start, I joined a few Facebook groups that were for specifically for embroidering or applique or whatever sort of in the niche that I'm in. And then people would talk about, you know, oh, I ordered this set of pajamas from this company and you know, they, they would sort of share these things and then I would order a couple pieces and see how it went. And sometimes, a lot of times, I the first pieces that I order are for my own kids. And then I can see how well it holds up and how well it washes and dries and all that kind of stuff so that I know, you know, not just how it looks straight out of the box. <laughs> yeah, that's such a great idea to use your kids as your little you testers. <laughs> <laughs> that's really smart. So are you... Did you find it hard to find suppliers that could work with kind of the minimum quantities you were looking for initially? Like, did you kind of have to work up to that? Um, Yeah, I I didn't really start out with with like wholesale buyer 
type stuff. I started, like I said, I started buying from Amazon and Babies R Us and things like that. And then it was sort of a slow process. Like I upgraded the quality of my burp claws. And then later on, I upgraded the quality of my bibs. And then I sort of about probably about two years ago, really took a leap in the business and started to buy bigger quantities of stuff, which really allowed me to expand a lot more. Gotcha. Okay. And I'm sure with those larger quantities, that's increasing your margins by a good bit. Yes. It increases the margins and also just increases the variety of things that I have available. Gotcha. Okay, Lauren. So I, with your business of, you know, pretty much everything people are ordering is custom. So your you've got your embroidery machine and you're sitting down and getting to work. Are you still doing all the embroidery yourself or do you have any help for that? If you are doing it all yourself, I'd love to just kind of hear what does a typical day look like for you? Okay. Yeah. I am still unfortunately doing everything myself. (laughs) My business has like almost doubled this year. So a lot of the growth has really come on quickly and recently. So I don't know that I will continue the way that it is right now just by myself. But honestly, probably the biggest change and the the best change that I've made for my business was having steady childcare. Hmm. Because I worked for a long time, (laughs) way too long with just doing it at nap time and at bedtime after my kids went to bed. And then for around a year, I would work just on the weekends. So my husband worked all week, and then I would work Saturday and Sunday all day, both days. So Mm. so we traded back and forth and didn't have childcare. But about, I guess about two years ago is when I put all three of them in, they're in preschool. Well, my son is actually in kindergarten, but the girls are in preschool. And so they go five days a week from eight o'clock in the morning until 11.45, and I work just during that time. So I am all doing it all myself, but it's just about a half day. I think it ends up being around 20 or 25 hours a week. Sometimes I work on the weekends if I get backed up, but I try to keep it just during that designated time, and that's been really helpful to me mentally <laughs> because when you're trying to like fit it in around everything else that's going on in your life, it's really stressful because there's never enough time. And there's still never enough time, but at least I know that I have this set time that I can get stuff done. Yes. You have like those hard starts and stops yes. and you know too, like, okay, there's another set time tomorrow. Right. So, which has helped <laughs> yeah. me so much stress wise, because if I have somebody that comes in with a rush order and says, Hey, I need you to ship this out tomorrow. I don't have to like stop what I'm doing right then and go do it. I know, you know, come eight o'clock tomorrow morning, I can work on this and it'll get done. That's true. That's a great point. And I hear you too on this one because, I mean, I did have set work time with, you know, Holden was in all day kindergarten last year. And then this year I have baby Levi and (laughs) I am now at the point where I'm interviewing, you know, for some steady childcare during the day, just some, it'll be like, you know, very part-time, but I just, I feel like, okay, I need someone (laughs) that a couple days a week, I could get like a couple half days a week to like really work because yeah, the margin stuff it, it like it's possible, but it's not ideal. It's not at all. <laughs> and like I said, we did it for almost a year. My husband was actually transitioning out of the military 
out of active duty. And hmm. so we were trying to save up money. And so he, he worked Monday through Friday and I worked Saturday and Sunday. And that, that was not be sustainable long-term, but you know, we did it for a while and it was okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. And okay. Speaking of military life. Mm-hmm. So I know your husband has had multiple deployments. I'm sure you guys have PCS a few times, yeah. which people <laughs> who don't know, that just means move like permanent change of station. So Lauren has moved several times as we all have. How do you manage the business and everything? How does that all fit into your life as a military spouse? Well, when I started Funky Winky Children, he was actually getting ready to deploy. So he deployed about five or six months after I started, which I knew, I mean, we knew obviously that that was going to happen. So it was really in building this business, it's been a huge blessing for me to have something that followed me around as we moved like all over the country. And in, in the times, there have been times that it has had to take a back seat and I've just had to be okay with that. <laughs> and I don't know if that's really business advice, but it's like, you know, just the, the best that I could do. There were times that, it, that we had to say, this has to step back for a moment and, and just pause. And there, there was a lot of frustration with that at times because it, it was like, I felt like every time I really had momentum and I was seeing a lot of growth, then something would happen that it would be like, oh, well, you know, this is, this has got to take a back seat for now, but it, it's been really great for it to be able to move around with us and not have to, you know, be finding a job every time we move to a new duty station and, to allow it to grow without having to start over in every place. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that for sure. It is, it's nice that in a life, in, in military life, because there's so much that is unstable, it's nice to have that stable thing where you move somewhere and you're like, well, I don't, I don't have to look for a new job and I don't have to start from scratch. I don't have to start at the bottom again. Like, and I have I, this thing I, that I really like yeah. doing and that, mm-hmm. that sort of occupies my time in those, in those times that there's a lot of uncertainty or like flux in your life. I have the steady thing that's with me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's like a faithful friend. Right. <laughs> that, yeah. that consumes just, a lot of my time. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It's a very needy friend. Yes. <laughs> Oh, that's so true. Okay, Lauren, I have to say, and I have a hunch, maybe maybe there's not like this clear answer for this question, but I feel like there's going to be a lot of ladies who are curious because you had mentioned that just in the past year, your business has really taken off in a big way. Like you were doing steady sales on Etsy. It was great, but this past year, it's really taken off. Do you do you have thoughts and tips on like how that has happened for you? I really think that probably adding in childcare to my life so that I had this steady work time, I have noticed, and I don't have any like data to back this up, but I have noticed on Etsy that my sales will be really consistent as long as I'm consistently shipping things out. So if I'm shipping things out every single day, then my sales stay pretty consistent and none, and none of my orders are getting behind. So I'm, I'm shipping things out on time. But then if I take a few days, you know, say I get really busy and I miss three or four days that I'm not working and I'm not shipping things out, 
then my sales sort of decline for a few days until I start shipping things out again. So there seems to be some sort of feedback mechanism. <laughs> like I said, I don't have any like hard, solid proof about this, but this is my anecdotal experience that that the more active I am in my shop, the more active my shop is. So if I'm going in and like updating pictures or adding new listings or any of those sort of tinkering with my shop, then it seems to drive sales higher. I also think that I, I added about within the last year, I've added a, a lot more products and so I think that that has been a huge growth factor to my sales. Yeah, I I agree, especially on Etsy, because with every new product, that's a new way for people to find you. So yeah, that can be huge. And I think, and I've continued to take custom orders and I still do take custom orders because it's really amazing to me that the times that people request something custom that then becomes a really big seller. So I started doing monogrammed baby quilts. I, I got these quilts and I monogrammed a few for friends. And then I put the pictures up on Etsy to sell them. And then, you know, people would say, can you do this with the initials plus the birthday? Can you do the, one of them for a baptism with a cross? And then it's this whole other category of products that they're creating that I'm not even really coming up with other than to just come up with a design once they ask for it. But so it's a whole nother category that then branches off and sort of spirals into a lot of different things. That is really neat. So again, it's going back to listening to your customers. Yeah. And it really allowing them to take the direction of, of where it's going to go, which is, like I said, it's really, it's really funny because there are products that I've put up there before that I think, oh, this is it. This is that one that's going to be just a crazy popular item. And then they're not always. <laughs> and then there are other things that I think like, yeah, well, I'll see how this goes. And then people just love them and they run with it. And it doesn't necessarily match up to what I always think is going to be the best item. But, but I think that kind of goes back to knowing your market too and, and realizing that you yourself are not necessarily your ideal customer. <laughs> like there might be somebody else out there that's a different different customer than, than you, you know, I'm not necessarily just marketing to people just like me. Yeah, that's so true. That's great advice. So Lauren, I have a hunch. There are women out there who are thinking about getting an online shop started and Etsy is seeming, you know, appealing to them, especially after hearing your story, but they feel like, well, there's already, you know, what, probably over a million shops on Etsy at this point, something crazy. And so how how do you stand out in a place like Etsy that's very crowded? Yeah, I think when I started on Etsy in 2012, I felt like it was never really going to take off. <laughs> like I, I mean, obviously I was hopeful that it would, but I spent a lot of time, time hanging out on the Etsy forums and there's always sort of this attitude of like, oh, there's, it's oversaturated. The market is oversaturated. It, it was so much better way back when. And I felt like, oh, if only I would have started the shop, you know, in 2007 or 2008, I've just missed, I've missed the wave of popularity on these shops. And I really don't think that's true. I think that there, 
well, first off, I think that the internet is sort of oversaturated. So it's not just Etsy. There's a lot of competition everywhere that you are. But I think that if you have a product that you really stand behind, that's good quality and you have the customer service and you have decent pictures, which is really hard if you're not a photographer, (laughs) which I am not. But, you know, I think that you can make your products stand out and then you just continue to build it and you continue to expand. And I don't think that, I don't think it's too oversaturated and I don't think that you have to be necessarily the cheapest one out there or make yourself stand out in that way. I think that there's room for growth in, on Etsy and if you have a unique product. I agree. There's, I I think the way I like to think about it is like, which is kind of maybe a cheesy expression, but like the cream will always rise to the top. Like it doesn't matter what scenario you're in. If you always work hard to serve your customers well, to be different, to find your one little space where you get to shine, it doesn't matter who else is there. It's like, you're so focused on, I'm going to do something awesome here that I know I'm going to rise to the top. It doesn't matter how many other people there are. Right. <laughs> so. Right. And I think that there's always, you know, I mean, people are buying stuff all the time. There's, there's plenty of, of room for more people. It's not necessarily your competition. I mean, it, there's so many shops out there. And when I first got on Etsy, I really felt like, like it was a race to the bottom with pricing. Like there were people on there that would sell, you know, baby t-shirts or whatever for $15 And I, not having like any wholesale accounts or anything at that time, you know, I was paying not that much less than that for a t-shirt. Like, how how do people do this? They're just working for like, you know, a dollar an hour or something. (laughs) And as I have built the business and, and had the good feedback and just continue to expand it, I really don't feel like that at all anymore. I think if you approach it as a business and not as a hobby, that in and of itself makes you stand out on Etsy because there are so many people who are just doing it as a hobby or they're just throwing it up there and seeing what happens. Oh yeah. So true. Well, great advice, Lauren. It has been wonderful to chat with you. And I know a lot of ladies are going to be either inspired to get their shop up and running or to revamp it, kind of give it some fresh eyes. So this has been great. As we wrap up today, can you share either a funny or an adorable mom moment that's happened recently? Sure. So I have a four-year-old daughter who has recently decided that she likes yoga. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Not exactly a four-year-old activity, but she really likes it. So, and you know, yoga is kind of like the least competitive thing ever, but I have more than one child, so everything in my house is competitive. (laughs) So she told me the other day, she, she was just getting done with her yoga video that she was watching, and she said, I'm going to keep on practicing, and I'm going to practice every single day, and I'm going to go up to my room, and I'm going to practice yoga in my room by myself, and I'm going to become a yoga champion. (laughs) Well, I don't really know what a yoga champion would look like, but okay. (laughs) That's really cute. Well, this has been so fun, Lauren. And can you remind everyone one more time, where's the best place for them to find you online? 
Yeah, they can find me on Etsy at Funky Monkey Children or FunkyMonkeyChildren.com. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Lauren. Thank you. Before you go, I would love it so much if you would take just a minute to leave Brilliant Business Moms a rating and review. You know, it sounds like a silly thing to ask for, but believe it or not, iTunes really looks at those rating and reviews in terms of where they rank our podcasts in search and in different podcast categories. So by simply taking a minute, telling us what you think of the show, it lets other brilliant business moms just like you find our podcast and they get to tune in every week. So you're doing not just us a favor, but you're doing a lot of other fabulous moms just like you a favor too.